Shabbat shalom. One of the most prominent verses in the Bible is in this week's Torah portion, in Numbers chapter 12. We read, Vaish Moshe Anav Meod Mikol Ha'adam Asher Adama. This man, Moses, was very humble, more humble than any other person in the whole world. Now, we know quite a lot about Moses. He was strong-willed. He had fierce determination. He was protective. He had an innate sense of justice. He was charismatic. He was wise. We know some of his more troubling aspects of his personality as well. He was short-tempered. He was disappointed often when his high expectations were not met. But in no case does the Torah specifically tell us of any of Moses' personality attributes and characteristics. We infer everything except for this one verse, Vaish Moshe Anav Meod. And this guy, Moses, was a very humble man. If the Torah didn't specifically tell us this, we wouldn't necessarily ascribe humility to him. After all, he was the dominant and domineering leader of an unruly people. Frequently, he had to whip them into shape. He often put down rebellions to his leadership, usually by force. We do not normally ascribe humility to such alpha personalities. We often associate humility with self-effacement, a sense of less significance than other people. Moses was not like this. He did not have a modest estimation of his self-worth. He knew precisely how indispensable he was. We can detect if not arrogance about him, and others accused him of arrogance, at least we can say that he had high self-confidence. And so, what did the Torah mean by telling us that Moses was a humble man, and not only that, the most humble man in the world? It's worth pondering. Modesty has always been challenging for human beings, never more so than today. Nowadays, it often seems that our success and prosperity are dependent upon our selling ourselves, even exaggerating our accomplishments in order to be accepted to school, to receive employment, to acquire a client, or simply to garner the attention that we crave. Geniuses of technology understand our urge for self-promotion, selfies, and make it so easy for us. Reams of commentaries have gushed forth from Jewish tradition seeking to explain what was meant by Moses' modesty. And characteristically, the pithiest and the most intriguing comment 
of them all comes from the master commentator, Rashi. To one of these most challenging biblical verses, Rashi responds with two words. Moses was Shafal Vesavlan. Shafal comes from the word to be low, to lower yourself. And savlan means something like forbearance, patient toleration. What I think Rashi means by shafal, to be low, is not to lower your goals, not to lower your ambitions, not to lower your economic status, not even to lower your self-estimation. Judaism affirms these aspirations. Moses was fiercely ambitious. Ambitious people are the inventors, the revolutionaries, the creators, the ones who introduce new concepts and new modes of thinking. What I think Rashi means is that we acquire a proper understanding of how low we human beings really are. Despite so many people who assure us that they know everything. In fact, what we know pales in comparison to what we do not know. We hardly know anything. With all of the advances in science and human thought, we don't even know how to cure the common cold. I know, because I've suffered through that for a week now. We don't even know what lay in the inner space of the human body, let alone the secrets of outer space. And the more accomplished we are, the more learned we are, the more knowledge we acquire, the more humble we should be. Because learned people realize how little they really know. The more they know, the more they know how little they know. It's like stalks of wheat, wrote Montaigne. They rise high, erect, and proud as long as they are empty. But when the stalks are full, swollen with grain, in their ripeness they grow humble and lower their horns. It is so common for people in all walks of life to assure us of their perfect knowledge. They know everything. Unfortunately, that's all they know. They don't know anything else. They know everything about the economy until it collapses. They know everything about warfare until they're defeated. They know everything about the human mind except when they don't. W.H. Auden said about psychoanalysis, Today, thanks to Freud, the man on the street 
knows that when he thinks a thing, the thing he thinks is not the thing he thinks he thinks, but only the thing he thinks he thinks he thinks. And let's not forget, religious scholars and clerics and so-called holy men and women who know everything about God's intentions as they serve up the most restrictive understandings of God's will. <coughs> what the Bible emphasizes is that Moses recognized that he was not God. The closer he came to God, the more he understood how meager human comprehension really is. And since he was the only human being to come that close to God, to come face to face with the Almighty, hence he was the one person who was described as the most humble person in the world. This is the true religious spirit, the poetic spirit, the human spirit, a sense of modesty, humility, in how little you really know. It is the spirit of the book of Job that states, who is this who speaks without knowledge? Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Speak if you have understanding. Who is wise enough to give an account of the heavens? It's the spirit of Abraham, the founder of the three monotheistic religions who said, I speak before God, I who am but dust and ashes. The sages teach that God revealed his presence to Moses through a thorn bush precisely because it was the lowliest of creatures, the ugliest, the prickliest, the most undistinguished. The Talmud asks, why is the Torah likened to water? It is to teach you that just as water flows from a higher level to a lower level, so too the words of Torah only flow from on high to one who is humble. Humility means intellectual modesty, a deep understanding of how little we really know, which leads to an appreciation that we make mistakes all the time. Everyone makes mistakes. Presidents of companies, presidents of universities, presidents of countries, even rabbis, I'm told, make mistakes from time to time. I saw that Governor Rick Perry announced his intention to run for president yesterday. Did you see that? Last time he ran, he did one of the greatest services to this country. He's primarily remembered for his inability to recall a full response. Oops, he said in a televised debate. Oops, this is what we need to remember about human beings, especially those of us who think that we know more than others and who seek positions of leadership over others. What did Rashi mean by savlan, forbearance? I think that he means by this that we should try our best 
to tolerate all those slings and arrows shot our way from those who have a need to bring us down. The verse about Moses' humility occurs right in the middle of a passage describing how his siblings, Aaron and Miriam, wrongfully and hurtfully gossiped about Moses. God overheard Aaron and Miriam, and in the midst of this, the Bible inserts as a narrator's commentary, just a side comment from supposedly somebody who's writing the Bible, this verse about Moses' humility. It is a lesson that is well worth learning, especially today. So many things are said about us behind our backs. Often, they are put online for all to see. Sometimes, the criticism is warranted. If we put out ideas, we should expect to receive criticism in return. It is the Jewish and democratic way. But often, what is said or written about us is hateful, hurtful, and intended simply to lower our standing in the eyes of others. And this hits us hard because we know ourselves so well. The approval of others is the most valuable thing in the world for us. I was born modest, said Mark Twain. Not all over, but in spots. No one was born modest all over. We crave acknowledgement. More than money, more than jobs, more than prestige, health, or even longevity. What we want most, whether we admit it to ourselves or not, is respect. We want to be acknowledged. We want to be listened to. We want to feel as if other people care that we are even alive. We want others to think highly of us. Twain pointed out that he was complimented many times. Such compliments always embarrass me, he said. I always feel that they haven't said enough. Flattery is the way to our heart. Have you ever seen a person's face when they are flattered in public, even if they don't deserve it, even if they know they don't deserve it? When the sirens sought to enchant Ulysses as he tied himself to the ship's mast, they sang flattery to him, greatest of heroes, most praiseworthy. And thus the rabbis teach, Ne'elavim ve'enam olvim. They are offended, but do not offend. The humble person sucks it up. The humble person absorbs all of the undeserving slights from those filled with envy. They absorb the offense, but do not lash out in return. They do not feel the need to respond to every slight. 
It's not that they don't defend themselves. They do, especially if they are about ideas and ideals. But they also understand this human need that people have to bring others down a notch or two. They might be inclined to respond in the same way that is, after all, human nature, but they forbear. They forbear in order to sustain the connection to their higher nature. Moses did not respond to the slights of his siblings because he did not, want, did not want to exacerbate the sibling rivalry that so often causes irreversible contention in the household. At the moment of his forbearance, the narrator injects the text about his humility. It's not a lessening of human emotions. It's a mastery over human emotions. And this is hard, especially in a society that promotes and rewards arrogance. But still, Judaism teaches, remember that we are but dust. From dust we emerged, and from dust we shall return. We are not God. And to reach our highest selves, <coughs> we must be willing to endure, to forbear, to receive offense, but not to offend in return. <laughs>